Listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for a moment on the lighter side. And uh, today, again, and not just on the line, uh, we welcome back uh, uh, the guest we've had on for a while. But, you know, I'm a little reluctant on bringing him back, especially here in person. But, you know, he has a lot of interesting facts. So, uh, Here's we're bringing back Dr. Luke. You know, he messed up my hair pretty bad. Uh, and before we go any farther, I think we need to lay down some ground rules. Come on in here, sit right down to the microphone here, Dr. Luke, and let's uh, let's uh, have this conversation. But here's some ground rules. Ground, ground rules? What on earth can you mean, Mr. Duncan? Well, you know, I understand that you're a doctor and have taken a pledge to help people. Well, and that, that shiny chrome dome of yours cries out for attention. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and you point that out all the time. And again, thanks for pointing it out to everybody. Oh, well, sorry, I, I didn't realize it was supposed to be a secret. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not really a secret, but as I said, I understand your desire to help, but sometimes people don't want your help. Well, well I'm aware of your reticence, <laughs> you know. After all, my previous efforts were, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> somewhat less than successful. <laughs> <laughs> less than successful. The last yeah. thing you used on me, Dr. Luke, the amazing hair restoring plaster, actually, as we said last week, it pulled all the hair, the, the little I have there on the top, it pulled it all out. Well, well, well you'll be glad to know uh, that I've corrected that problem. <laughs> the product now is clearly labeled Dr. Luke's Amazing Hair removing plaster <laughs> well you know that that, that 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 may be great benefit for your future patients or maybe some of your patient female patients that want to get the hair off their legs or something that may be a benefit but you must admit it provides little comfort for me well uh that's why they call the doctor's business his practice <laughs> yeah I, I know that uh and and i guess that's why uh I'm your patient because I need to be patient. You know, I prefer that you don't practice on me anymore, though. Well, actually, that that's why I wanted to come to the studio today, because uh, I wanted to bring a little peace offering. Uh, here's a box of chocolates for you, Mr. Duncan. Oh, wow. Let me open up this box here. Yeah. Well, take the paper off the outside. Ooh, I love chocolates. Well, to be honest, I, I asked Pastor Lukomsky what I might do to help patch things up between you and me. As he said, you are a big fan of Russell Stover's candy. Ooh, vanilla creams. That's my favorite. Why, thank you, Dr. Luke. Well, well, maybe then, now we got everything settled between you and me in the hair business, maybe we can get on then with another of my Dr. Luke's exclusives. Okay, <laughs> let's let's do that. Those stories uh, would have been lost in history except for the Holy Spirit inspired you to write them down. So what exclusive story do you want to share with us uh, today, Dr. Luke? If you don't mind, I think I'll try one of these candies right now. Well, you go right ahead, and, and as soon as you're done munching, why don't you start reading that Luke... Chapter 7, verse 11. And you, get, you know, I took a caramel. <laughs> it's a little, a little hard to read there. Yeah, I, and I, I got the verse right in front of me. Let me see if I can get this caramel out of my teeth. 
Uh, soon afterwards, he Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a crowd from the town was with her. So this is the famous story of Jesus raising the dead man of Nain. I didn't realize the story was unique to you, Dr. Luke. I figured everyone would have mentioned that famous miracle. Nope, nope. I, I'm the only gospel writer who recorded that incident, interviewed the widow herself. Uh, perhaps the other gospel writers didn't mention it uh, because the story does have a problem. Maybe we should talk a little bit longer while I eat some of this chocolate. <laughs> well, uh, a problem with the Word of God, what do you mean? Well, speaking of Pastor Lekomsky, you know, he was the one that pointed the problem out to me. You see, as wonderful as this story is, it just doesn't fit the pattern of Christian life as we've come to know it. He pointed out, you know, in his 31 years of ministry, he's been there to comfort any number of widow and widowers. And he's never seen anything like what happened that day in Maine. You know, at my age, I've been to a number of funeral processions, many people who are near and dear to me, and they always end the same. The body is lowered into the grave. I've I never seen a dead person come back to life. And the problem is people wonder why. Why they don't see this same miraculous pattern of events in their own lives. You're right. When... We wrestle with why God doesn't work the same miracles in our life. Sometimes we have uh, problems that don't go away. I assume God might be punishing me at times. Oh, oh, it's interesting. That's the same conclusion that was drawn by a widow in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, there's a very similar story to the one we're talking about in the book of 1 Kings. Uh, Elijah there, the prophet, had been staying with a widow when her only son died. Uh, her response to Elijah was, what have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. But it's not always guilt that bothers us, Dr. Luke. I remember in your gospel, you recorded Jesus' words, your faith has saved you. Sometimes we feel that's the problem. We just don't have enough faith. Not only that, Mr. Duncan, but there are some wags who would say, I, I just made the whole story up. No dead person ever came back to life. But I take umbrage at that. Oh, watch out for my umbrage. <laughs> Verified by eyewitnesses. You see, the fact is, when I wrote this story, I wasn't trying to say this is supposed to be the pattern of, of Christian life. I know full well the pattern of Christian life is a life that ends in death because of sin. So why did you record this miraculous story? The better question is why did Jesus do what he did? I mean, obviously he did what he did out of love for that widow and her son. But ironically, he also did it for someone else. Strangely enough, to provide comfort to someone who would not experience a miraculous escape from death. What are you talking about, Dr. Luke? Well, I'll tell you who and what I'm talking about when I get to the end of the story. But first, let me tell you why I faithfully recorded this incident. Uh, read, if you would, again there, the story from Luke 7. Hey, you got to see that in person. What do you oh, think? Oh, yeah, man, yeah. you're flipping those pages fast. All right. 
Soon afterward, he, Jesus, went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her... Stop, stop, stop right there. Okay. Because that was the reason I wrote down this tale. I wanted to demonstrate, just as I said there, that Jesus is... The Lord. Twenty times I addressed Jesus by that title, and, and that doesn't count the other 19 times I record other people addressing him by that name. I notice here in my translation the word Lord is spelled with a capital L. Is there any significance to that? I, I must admit I, I didn't do that myself in the original Greek, although I do think the English translators have caught my intent. I wasn't simply referring to Jesus as the guy in charge, like some boss or foreman. After all, I didn't say he was a Lord, but I said he was the Lord. In fact, I was consciously reflecting something that happens in the Old Testament. Speaking of the story about the prophet Elijah, why don't you read what Elijah did when confronted with the death of the widow's son? First Kings chapter 17. Watch out, pages are flying. Oh, well, no. Don't cut yourself. I like it. I like it when I have have you in the room here. You get to see how good I am. I, I know. I, I knew you were fast, but I had no idea you were that yeah, fast. I'm a little winded from that, and plus eating a lot of chocolate. <laughs> and he cried to the Lord, "Oh Lord, my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son?" Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, "Oh Lord, my God, let this child." life come into him again. I noticed here that the word Lord is spelled with all four capitals. A few weeks ago, you told me that the Bible does that to indicate the original Hebrew, actual name of God, sometimes pronounced Jehovah, although probably the Jews would have called him Yahweh. Exactly, Mr. Duncan. I'm glad you were paying attention. Uh, the great I am, as one of the hymns put it, or as Elijah put it, O Lord, my God. Uh, that was exactly the point I was making when I called Jesus the Lord. He was not just some great teacher, nor was he just a great doctor of men uh, like myself. Yeah, but I bet Jesus could have cured my baldness, not like certain doctors I know. What, what's that, Mr. Oh, Duncan? Never, never mind nothing, Dr. Luke. Just continue with your story. Well, well anyway, the p point I was making is that Jesus was not just a great man, but he was the Almighty God. Indeed, the same God who raised the dead in the Old Testament, divided the Red Sea, and why even created the entirety of the universe. Almost every detail of my account was to establish that Jesus was God Almighty. What I'd like to do, if you'll allow me to come back uh, next week, you know, I'll give you those chocolates, is to show you how I systematically prove that Jesus is the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord. But more importantly, I will show you how he is our Lord. For you see what Jesus did that day? He did with someone particular in mind. Someone who would not have such a happy resolution to his life. Someone who needed to know Jesus is Lord, not only in life, but also in death. Who? Who's that? Who are you talking about, Dr. Luke? Well, I tell you what, if you let me come back, I'll tell you next week. But if you can't wait that long, just get out your Bible and then read the story that follows the raising of the young man at Nain. And I think you'll know 
who I mean. Hmm, I just might do that. And we look forward to talking with you again next week, especially since this box is now empty, if you bring more chocolates, Dr. Luke. Well, I tell you what, I will do. Until next week then, Mr. Duncan. And hopefully some of the ones... I noticed there was someone pinched something out of some of them. Do you like coconut, Dr. Luke? No, I hate coconut. Uh, that wasn't me. And you were like testing to see what they were or something. I don't well, know. Well, I wanted to make sure because I like the vanilla. And some of those little, like. yeah, those, some of them little things, the little paper things were empty. Maybe some of them were missing before I got them. Uh, I'll ask them when I get to the store. I bet somebody left some uh, of them out there. That I bet someone took them. Yeah, I bet so. So we'll, we'll talk next week, and hopefully the box will be completely full of chocolates, and then I may even share with you. Oh, thank you very much, Mr. Duncan. Thanks for being on the program. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org.